When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to the first episode of Geekscape in 2011. This is episode 194. I'm Jonathan London over here on the left side if this is your first Geekscape. This is your favorite movies, video games, and comic book news and review show where we talk, uh, we, we talk about like the last week in Geek, uh, usually with a guest. And um, every time I, I have a new guest, I like to switch it up. And this is Whitney Siebold, who you guys might recognize from the Geekscape.net website as one of our prominent writers. Every week he has the, the, the weekly Whitney, is what we're going to start calling it. And I, I get an article, a feature named after me, that's, that's very flattering. I think we're going to put it in like its own section, the weekly Whitney. Uh, because you, like up, up in the corner is a These are some of the most like unorthodox, crazy lists. They're top ten lists. Yes. And usually they... Let me fix your mic. I oh, think that's sorry. a problem with the thing. It's like, it's way out. That's... Let's see. I know, I know. You have chest hair. And see? See, I touch other people. Un- boobs. There you go. There you go. Now genetic side effect. Um, and uh, every week he takes like a top ten list. And some of, what are some of the top ten lists? Sometimes they're, they're pretty appropriate. Like... When Harry Potter came out, you said the top ten uh, most fictional. It was imaginary sports. Imaginary sports. That, week. that was a which Rotten Tomatoes then totally ripped off. You know, the, and did not the, nearly the, as they're, well. They're welcome to their but mediocre, did, paltry version of what I do. Yeah, they did, so they did not have the Seabold factor. And then um, Geekscape.net seeding <laughs> ideas for other sites. Yeah, uh, and then we had this uh, <laughs> on Christmas. Uh, you had the imaginary religions. Yes, that was pretty damn funny. It was it was a fun one to come up with too. What uh, were some was, of the highlights from that list? Uh, I, I was very fond of uh, the the religion from Zardoz. I'm very <laughs> fond of Zardoz. That's, uh, Zardoz the, uh, is, that's the that's the movie with uh, with James Bond, and he's got like the yeah Sean Con- Sean Connery. It, it's, it's like this future dystopian movie. For, if people haven't seen it, you have to see, find this movie Zardoz because it, it'll it'll have sex with it's you. Sean Connery ears. with a loincloth. Sean Connery is like this savage, you know, with his shirt off and his Yeti chest hair and a ponytail and a big Frank Zappa mustache and he's living in this like wasteland where there's this giant floating stone head floating around that like coughs up (laughs) guns to the savages who then shoot each other and he climbs into the head and goes to this like weird alternate dystopian future where these there's these like Eloy like eternals and he brings them the gift of death if just watch the preview it'll make your face explode and there's the, yeah, this, this weird sort of cult of Zardoz that is orchestrated by these future weird... It, it's, it was, it's really special. You know, Whitney's our specialist when it comes to any, like, the gauntlet-type cult films that sometimes people have overlooked. What are some of your favorite crazy-ass films? Um, the ones that, like, like, if you want to put a gauntlet night together, which okay. is what we call getting, like, three or four of these things, and then just forcing sort of, your friends to just run the gauntlet. They're, like, the brain-melting movies. Yeah. Uh, I saw one recently, just a few months ago. Uh, this one was unearthed by uh, by the New Beverly Cinema mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles, and uh, Criterion strangely picked up the the video rights to a movie called House. Oh, it's the Asian film. The Asian it was yeah. made, it is a Japanese film made in 1977, and uh, it 
the story, it's difficult to explain. It's sort of like uh, if Mario Bava like took a handful of mescaline and directed a Scooby-Doo episode, you'd get House. Uh, like, s- s- seven like Japanese schoolgirls, and they all have cutesy nicknames. Like, the pretty one is named Gorgeous, and the, the fat one is named Mac, because she eats hamburgers. And they all have personality-appropriate nicknames. Uh, go to a house, which is haunted by an evil aunt... Uh, yeah, this is not is... Fred Decker's scripted house. Like, no, no, yeah. this, not, not that, that yeah. thing from the 80s, which is a fine film yeah. you know, that has great monster effects. I love that big gray fat woman from the 1986 house. I always but... preferred House 2. And it's uh, not House spooky. 2, it's the not second st- story. There's a movie called That's Spookies. a clever, clever ne- subtitle, by the, the way. You are the, the movie story. in the 80s called Spookies. I've which seen is Spookies. It's Spookies with the, so the Asian spider woman deflates that guy's head, and it's obviously just a balloon getting there. You in go. The air. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, but th- this one's far more. It's worse than it's, Spookies. It's it's I'm not sure if worse is the the, okay. the right it's word. Crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's definitely crazy. It's crazier. definitely crazier. It's it's crazier than most anything I've seen. You know, there there was that era of filmmaking, the the sort of psychotronic era where things were passed sort of subtly. The internet kind of passes around new things, unfortunately. But but this is back from the old guard when you know people would go well out of their way to see like a head explode mm-hmm. or somebody's crotch melt or you know like a werewolf come out of a guy's <laughs> and chest then you or a have guy like cough those, up a cat. then you have like those faces of death movies oh yeah, well that's that happen. you know but that, that but comes out of that it comes from the tradition but you know it's the artifice that's right. the, the far more interesting there's a scene thing. In, in house where there's a dude in a car who literally just turns into like a pile of bananas he turns into bananas no yeah, warning at all he goes through, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense like he, he's the and here's the thing like at the beginning of the film he's set up as this sort of handsome hero type and he's like throughout the course of the film they cut back to him and he's slowly working his way toward the house and he's going He's going to, like, somehow rescue them. And then he comes to, like, a fruit stand. And right before he makes it to the house... He doesn't even make it to the house. Like, he's just outside. And he's in, like, a dune buggy. He's in, like, Wonder Bug. It's just this horrible looking... And he talks to a fruit vendor. And then for no reason at all, he becomes just a pile of bananas... A human-sized pile of bananas. And, you know, he doesn't get to do any of the heroic stuff. He just becomes bananas. The guy he talks to turns into a skeleton and dies... And and you know so we get no no conclusion. Just the girls yeah. meet their horrible fate up in the house. Like one of them gets her fingers eaten by a piano. Uh, one is attacked <laughs> by her reflection in a mirror. Uh, one is like partially sucked into another dimension while her legs are like kicking a demon cat in this dimension, um, which I know is difficult to visualize and even harder to watch. Um, but yeah, this this thing is. I had a uh, discussion New Year's with uh, with a, a, a new geek friend. Uh, we went to we went to like a couple's par- uh, dinner party, and you know we get play like charades and all this garbage. But uh, and Laura was so excited because she never, you know, she loves going to, like couples things, and uh, and it's, I never get oh, I want to play those board games, and she loves playing board games and stuff. And uh, we were talking about house. And the person was like, in the, the banana scene, and the, it was just so crazy. Like, there's no explanation. And I said, there is an explanation. It's Japanese, like, <laughs> like, like I think that is like, like if, if the nation's national porn obsession seem to be schoolgirls being raped by tentacle monsters. Like that's the, the, it, it's sort of Japanese cultural indicator. And end of story. You yeah, know. Dropping the bomb. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that on Criterion, and I think that's mm. one of the like Criterion starting to put out Blu-rays. Yeah, is that available? I mean, I, th- I think it is. I think you can get it on Blu-ray. Yeah, incredible. You, you, you need to see these images as crisp as possible on Blu-ray. 
Did you? Uh, I think it's one of the, those movies that will actually be enhanced if you get to see it in a theater with a bunch of people who are high and the print is old and kind of scratched and it jumps around a bit. That this that's what House is. You you can't sit in and download and watch it on a computer. That's you know the the best cult movies are the communal cult movies. Absolutely. Uh, how, you know, I saw House late at night. It was after hours. It was a midnight at the screening Barry, yeah, yeah. At, at the New Art. Actually, the New Art, we, we where had, you work, where I work. Uh, we had a, a midnight screening of it, so I mm-hmm. went to see it there. Sold out. Great crowd. Half of them were high out of their minds. And you know, when you're not high, you feel like you are. Right. Which I, you know, that that's what I do. I actually don't smoke drugs. I just try to find these movies that make me feel like I'm high. <laughs> and and House really fits the bill. It's it's one of those. That's great like heroin. That, that, that's not even like weed. <laughs> house that. is just like a straight into like something crazy. Yeah, I guess crazy. House, house is the harder stuff. That's like one of the ones where you leave your body. It's like one of those drugs where you leave your body and you're like, oh, I could be dead. I could not mm-hmm. be dead. You know. My, my favorite bit was uh, we, the. the when the hero is sort of making his journey, he stops to get ramen at a little ramen restaurant. It's this tiny little room full of people, and the ramen chef is a bear. Uh, like it, it's a it's a guy in a bear suit, and it's preparing the ramen. Nobody comments on the fact that you know nobody makes a joke. There's no sort of clever framing device. There's no warning that a bear was going. There's just a bear in the in the ramen restaurant making the ramen for this guy. And one one person in the audience like just stood up and said, "Wait a minute, slow down." <laughs> <laughs> the movie was just going. Was somebody like in the audience. Somebody, somebody in the, in the audience, audience is like freaking one, out. One guy, yeah, he did freak out and he actually had to leave the theater for a little bit. He was freaking. He was like, hot, he was drunk and high on weed, and he just couldn't handle it. The bear just shows up. Did you ever out. see this movie, Tom Popo? And it's like the Karate Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Juicy a Karate Tommy. Kid of ramen. Of ramen yeah, it's like it's like a training up to to save the restaurant and mm-hmm. learn to be great. In the, right in the middle of the scene, there is the, uh, right in the middle of that film, there is that sexual seafood scene where they're putting like crawfish like, on like, each other. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> like, there's like, a scene where, uh, if, if anybody hasn't seen Tom Popo, Juzo Itami, it's actually a from, really from 1987, good film. it's it's excellent. Yeah. It's Juzo um, Itami's dead. He only made a few films, but they're all great. He made a really great one called The Funeral. But yeah, there's this, uh, a scene in in uh, Tom Popo where there's a lot of asides. Mm-hmm. The main story is they're trying to find the perfect bowl of ramen, and the then there's like that little sexual aside mm-hmm. where they're they're like rubbing uh, like wasabi on each other, and then they, then they put they that the crawfish like in like a bowl. It's like a crawfish is a big one too. It's almost like a lobster. A bowl and they put it like, like her a little, stomach. And they suck it onto her stomach, and <laughs> she's, she's like all, riding like around her, and giggling. She's all aroused by it. And I tried I, it. I guess I did not work. See how yeah. that would be sexual, but uh, you know, and, and, you know, f- food fun. I like my food to be kind of inert. Yeah. When I'm playing with it. Well, your food, maybe, but you, maybe don't, you don't want your much, sexual but... toys to be in, right? Um, <laughs> it's, you know what? Just have fun with it. Um, guys, I went to see a, a movie uh, with my wife like the day before New Year's. It was um, King's Speech. It was one of these movies that everybody's like, you know what? Before the year's over. It was really like we have our top 10 films up on the website. We have our, uh, our list of best of 2010. And I was like, you know what? Before I put the final word on 2010 on my list, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see the King's Speech, which everybody's telling me is great. The subject yeah. matter did not seem that interesting to me, but when you start hearing about the performances, Jeffrey Rush, Colin well, Firth, you, you get a cast like that together. It'll, you want to see it's at least gonna be interesting. <laughs> and uh, this movie is, I mean, you saw it as well. I did. This movie is about uh, Queen Elizabeth's father, right? Yes. Uh, King George the Sixth. Yes. And he had a stuttering problem, and he was. Third in line to the throne. At the beginning of the movie, he is the king's son. He's second in line behind his older brother for the throne. And he has such a horrible speech impediment 
that that first agonizing scene where he has to address Wembley Stadium and the entire, uh, you know, the entire British Empire, mm. and he can barely talk, is so painful to watch. And the movie does such a good job. And so, so over the course of the film, he finds an unorthodox speech therapist in Jeffrey Rush, who forces him not only to learn how to speak properly and, and face his fears, but you know it, it goes all the way back to his own fears about it goes possibly into being his, king. His psychology as well, which is. And they have like this love hate relationship from. that turns into like a huge friendship. Mm-hmm. And the movie really goes to some cool places, but. Uh, the performances you can talk about the performances. My dog may be barking throughout this episode. <laughs> the the the, uh, the performances are exactly what you would expect from uh, from, uh, from actors like of this Colin caliber. Firth and Colin Firth is is the king. Yeah, and Jeffrey and Rush, Jeffrey the Rush king. is the speech therapist who is an Australian. And Helen Bonham Carter, who is, is the, the, the queen mother. The queen mother. And, uh, which, which creates weird cognitive dissonance because you know <laughs> Helen Bonham Carter is a very attractive actress. Mm-hmm. I know she is like a huge fetish object in certain circles, and she plays the Queen Mother, who, who is like you know as as sexy as a brick. Right. So she she's when if you know I, I grew up with the Queen Mother sort of wandering around growling at people. You know she, mm-hmm. she she's like the kind of mean old lady who would kick children and punch kids in the gut just for fun. And you know here's Helen Bonham Carter. It, it it's that's like you know seeing. Jonathan Rhys Myers, who's you know this very handsome guy yeah. playing like King Henry VIII, yeah. who's supposed to be this evil guy, evil fat guy who's yeah. like killing and shagging all these women and stealing money from churches. This weird sort of revisionism, you know, evil, horrible British monarchs as like these sexy, sex objects. <laughs> sexy hey. trying to sexualize evil. I think they did a good job of making. She did a great job of, of playing a pretty plain. Oh yeah, Queen, yeah. I mean, they, they appropriate, tried to, tried to her up a bit. But. Great, and um, and I mean, everything, everything about the acting was solid. The script was really well done, and then mm. the cinematography, and it was just awesome. The way they shot the movie well, off kilter a bit, mm. and it really puts you in a, in a in a in a in a place of engagement watching something that, when I just describe it to you, doesn't sound that that interesting or that engaging well, it, it, or it, exhilarating. It, it really puts you on in on I, nerve. The, the the real genius of the film was how it focused on the two men rather mm. than sort of. I mean, the history at large is of course part of it, but it crests with the king's the king's speech. The title of the title is just the king making the speech where he said we're going to engage in World War II. Which, by the end of the movie, he is forced into the king's into the position he's of being fin- king. He's yeah. finally king, and he has to make these decisions, and he has to become the face of the British Empire. But that particular speech, you know, it's not hugely well-known, especially not in America. It, it's not, uh, you know, it's not Winston Churchill saying something very witty. It's not, you know, some great playwright giving a great speech. It's not Shakespeare. Um, it's, But we get to the sense that it's actually a great big triumph mm-hmm. and uh, that they were able to sort of build up this sort of very minor point of world history and the history of World War II into this sort of grand triumph for the king. And they do it over a period really of brilliant. years. And they do it over a period yeah. of years and that they sort of saw it through the filter of the, the friendship between these two men is, is a really brilliant piece of writing. Better bromance did... film. This or Due Date? I actually didn't see due date. Okay, how dare you? Okay, okay. So I'll say okay. the King's Speech. It was the King's one I saw. A good, good bromance movie. Okay. A good bromance um, movie, and I, uh, I really, I kind of wanted to see it because I really love Robert Downey Jr. I love the actress who played his wife, Michelle Monaghan, uh-huh. uh, who is not nearly as famous as she should be. Right. Kiss, uh, kiss, bang, bang. There you go. Just kiss, bang, bang. She, where she appears in nothing but, you know, she strips out of a Santa costume into underpants. And you're gonna see her in this, uh, this source code. <sighs> 
There right? you go. I, I, I saw, I even saw that movie Eagle Eye because she mm-hmm. was in it, which is not a good movie, but, you know, she's fine in it. And Shia LaBeouf, I don't hate as much as most people seem to. No, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, I can trump that. Oh, dear. What, what's that? I saw Maid of Honor. Patrick Dempsey as the Brian Walton everybody throw us the thumbs throw us the thumbs let me tell you something William Bibiani loves the thumb shark and the thumb shark uh, it brings terror to me ah thumb shark Ah, you gotta look at the bottom of the screen Wendy ah the thumb shark to really give the thumb shark it's it's a (laughs) horrific effect Uh, audio listeners you think I'm crazy and there's a dog barking in the background um so listen, the dog is in a. I got welcome a, to the London. Yeah, welcome kennel. to the, uh, the London kennel. We got this new dog. It's a boxer um, tulip, and I put her in a crate with like a chew toy. I'm pretty sure that in 15 minutes she went through that chew toy because now she's like, next chew toy, please. And she knows that I have a guest in the house. But last week with Doug Jones, I left her out right, and everything was fine. But she found these 1950s antique Christmas ornaments. Oh, no. Gone. Like, I found the pieces. It looked like a massacre. I was like, like, remember when you and Doug Jones were in here talking and I left the room? I was totally cleaning up these little reindeer ornaments from the 1950s. Oh, is that what you were doing? I thought you were just being rude to Doug Jones. I wasn't being rude to Doug Jones. I was like, I was like let me do some damage control. I go into the living room and I see this reindeer head like staring at me lifeless just like in that the, uh, it's in like that the happy smile on the reindeer face was like you left me here to die like you let this animal kill me and tulip's just standing there with like the straw like they didn't pack stuff like they pe- like they didn't pack stuff to animals like they like mm-hmm. they packed it with like straw back in the day right and there's straw everywhere it was like she she raped the scarecrow from from wizard of oz she like murdered him there's just straw all over the living room i'm like trying to not be rude to doug jones and trying to clean it up and throw away the stuff and I, I told Laura she's like why was the dog out put it in the crate this is what happens when you put it in the crate welcome to my world Geekscape I tur- um, nice story all found found the reindeers on eBay for a pretty affordable price and I, I replaced them all so. is well all, all is all well unless you're stories, tulip all dog stories I hear are like that though somebody you know complains about the dog eating their grandma's ashes or something so uh, if I ever get a dog I'm just going to find the most valuable thing I have that's like this great complete works of Shakespeare from like 1871. You do? I do. Well, yeah, just ruin it so, right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, I'll just put it in front of the dog and let the dog savage it. And right. perhaps that will get it out of the dog's system. Well, then you know, that, That'll be sort of the, the sacrifice. 30 bucks at the pound and your most dear antique. Is it to be or not to be? It is to, to not be, I, I, I mean, I, I wish think. you didn't do that. I wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> You're hurting Whitney. <laughs> On the inside, you're hurting him, Whitney. What else have you seen this year? Like, like not, not maybe not just like like the huge stuff, like uh, like 127 hours and the Black Swan and stuff like that. And yeah, True Grit. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You, you, didn't, didn't, you, you didn't kick it. You kicked well, in a I, crazy list. I, I I made up the movies on my. You list. You made up some crazy right ass list that then may we never. Couldn't. We, how, do we, how do we how do we publish that list, Whitney? It is insanity. Actually. Uh, oh. Thanks to your list, though, we did discover that there was a problem with the site and Google uh-huh. indexing stories. So you helped that us. Been published. I was like, you're okay. like, uh, you're like, story you're like sneakers. Oh, that's oh, but not yeah. available on the site. If you looked me yeah. up on Google, you could have seen. You're my like list. sneakers. You're like uh, uh, well, I, I Robert to, Redford in Sneakers. I wanted to think that I was just on a completely different wavelength. I think my top ten movies, five of them were like volumes of horny grannies i loved um, your comics list though it was batman beats up children <laughs> why didn't we publish you know what we can't talk about this and then not publish it like well, that no, I, like it, it's 
Honestly, the audience is going to want to hear this hilarity. Well, there's a certain, there's a couple of sections that just aren't appropriate. Oh, there's that. <laughs> Whitney, if you want to publish a list like this, let's do it. We'll put it up on like uh, humor. Well, I, I, I didn't put, I, I'm not really up on a lot of the new video games and new comics. That's fine. You know, any That's video fine. game made after like 1997, I just, I'm completely clueless What did you play on. prior to 1997? Uh, well, I, Wing I, Commander, right? It's the shit. I, I was really big on Star Control 2. Okay. Uh, I really liked the Seventh Guest. You know, back in the days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had a. Those I recently was able to get a top loading NES. So I've been going mm-hmm. through back through all of my old NES games and finishing the ones I never actually finished. What were some I, of these? I actually games? finished Metroid, for instance, for the first oh. time. Back in the day, I never finished it. You wouldn't have bought that game if you'd known it was a chick, right? <sighs> Quoting our own Tim um, Jennings. No, actually, I, I knew I knew Samus was a woman before I got the game. So you were uh, like, one of my friends had one like of those hard like, the, the secret, time the secret codes where you put it in and you can play where, where you have all of the weapons and she's mm-hmm. out of her outfit immediately, like when, when you start off. Do you, what else did you play? Did you beat Russian Attack? Never played Russian Attack. Okay. I finally beat the second quest in The Legend of Zelda, though, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> I know. But, I know. This is like an accomplishment no, no, but, most well, people but, brag about when they're in like the the fifth grade. No, but I finally went back and I finished the second quest. No, no, no. The How old are you, Whitney? I'm, I'm 32. Okay, so you're so you're my age, right? I'm 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 31, 32. And I you, you I, I, I forget. Me. I forget. Right? I just turned 32. Happy birthday! And in '97 is that year that you moved, lose, you like leave home, you go to college. Yeah, I went to college. And there's college out and, of state, and there's that so disconnect with you are not able to buy yourself a console. So the last console you played was like the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo. So that was the last Maybe one. Maybe really... well, N sixty four came out in ninety six. So yeah. you might have played some. I played mine because I worked at a Blockbuster, so I was able to beat uh, Super Mario sixty four okay. during cleaning hours. Beautiful. I beat that whole damn Mario sixty four over the course of months, over, only on cleaning hours. And every time working at that Blockbuster, every time like some kid flirted over to that N sixty four, I was looking at him like. If he if he's not fucking deletes that file, <laughs> like I buried it in like the third one, right? And I made sure when I opened the store to put the game hmm. that was playable for the for the demo, right, right, as the first save file, right? So people could so futz nobody fucks about with. So their people game could fucks but do not touch that fucking third save file because if that kid had done that, I would have thrown so many fake late charges <laughs> on their account. Like I would have just been late charge city on their account. I would have been well, like, like, oh if, sorry, if, you if didn't return there, this pornography that you took from the back room. I, I would actually do that if, if like a ten year. I worked at a Blockbuster yeah. for a summer, and if a ten year old came in with, yeah, no, no, we no, all worked I, at Blockbusters. Everyone in this room worked at Blockbuster. I even skipped my last day. I was just so. Like I, I knew I was going back because to college. you were going to college. Back. Yeah, 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 I got written up twice summer. in that last day. And they still I, I, offered I even me a manager in and I said, can, can I, can I not come in today? So that, well, there's nothing we can do to you if you don't. So I didn't. I hung out with friends. I was going back to college. I wanted to spend time with them. Did you have secret shoppers to, that I mean, came if, in and graded yeah, you? Yeah, yes. well, we, we did. I didn't care. What Let they me tell said. you something. This boy right here, in my list of accomplishments in life, I got a hundred and five out of a possible hundred and a hundred and two on secret shoppers. I was the. I mean, they offered me a manager position if I didn't go to college, and I was like, okay, first, first job. Let me just not take that. Getting married, hundred and five on a secret shop. I was like, I mean, on. let's just. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. But I only worked at that place because the comic book store I had worked at since being able to have a job closed down, and that was like the saddest day of my life. Is that comic book store closing down and me not being able to? Which, which store was it? It was in. It was in Austin, just like this Podunk Westlake, you know, comic books and cards and. I'd sit in there and my brother would come over. My older brother worked at the Popeyes in the in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> my older brother worked at the Popeyes and he would bring me Popeyes like at lunch and we'd sit around 
and uh, and joke and stuff like that. And um, all I can think is greasy Popeye fingers touching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it, 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 well, well, it wasn't proper. There were a lot we, of we, 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 we kept it. We kept it proper. Wipes we kept it proper. So so from the window where I was sitting, right, or the desk I was sitting in the combo store, I could look out the window and I could see my brother with the spray uh, hose cleaning the grills at Popeyes, right. And there was a guy named Crazy Charlie who would always we called him Crazy Charlie. It may not have been his, his surname. No, every every, been... every neighborhood strip mall has a Crazy Charlie. So Crazy Charlie, well, we, what I didn't understand was Crazy Charlie would come and drive his car up to the to the dumpsters that we shared, and he would go dumpster diving and fill like his back seat with all this trash from the dumpster. And but we didn't we couldn't figure out how he could afford a car and the upkeep of a car while dumpster diving. We we have a guy. I, work I saw at the a guy Mirror. doing that guy over like here. The, he has a cell phone. We have a guy uh, who comes in, we, and I, I hope he's not watching this. We call him Wheezy. He's like this mountainous man who walks with a mm-hmm. walker, and he, he can't he can't breathe. We're convinced he's going to die in the theater. Okay, he, you know, because he, he comes in, and he's he's always at death's door. Like he comes in, and he's like he's gonna say, you know. The, the Trojans won the war, and he's gonna die. Does right Weezy get in us. free? No, Weezy pays. Oh wow! And you know he, wow. he go he pays, and then he goes into the bathroom for like twenty five minutes, and then he comes in and he sits in the back row and wheezes and you know, threatens, de- threatens threatens de- death. threatens to die right yeah. in front of us. But he he comes in and he has like a wide of wad of bills, and he drives like a brand new BMW, which I think he lives in. In the basement of a mall parking lot. And how do like there's, you know, that, there's where, that where does he get that money? And you know if if he has all that money, why is he spending it on cars? Why isn't he just paying rent? And why is he spending little... it on uh, on midnight screenings of House? Yeah, and, and, and he does. He like he, he spends like the the nine fifty show, and then he stays for the midnight show. Mm-hmm. He like sees two movies, and he pays for them both. And why is he spending all this money on midnight shows of House or whatever we have? You know, Legend of Billy Jean, whatever we're showing that week. So so we, we listen to this. So we, I'm sorry, we were back kids. To no, crazy no, no, we were kids. Well, crazy Charlie. Uh, what, I would always ignore the customers who'd come in, mm-hmm. and uh, and you guys know the remember me story. Yeah. The the, yeah. the Gen no, Thirteen. No wonder that comic book store. Closed. I was off. I was the worst employee ever, Walton. I was the worst employee ever. Uh, you guys know the story about when I didn't look up for the guy asking for Gen Thirteen, and then he threatened to. He was like, "Remember me," and he left. Uh, so, so crazy Charlie came in, and he was like, it was "He was like, like a Terminator guy." I, I, I looked up, and it was like a horror 13. movie. Like I could barely see somebody in the store, like over the counter. I was like, "Oh my god, who's that?" Like wandering around. Usually the customers, you know, they they, they talk and stuff like that. And this guy was just wandering around like aimlessly, right, like a zombie. And I was like, "Oh my god, who? Oh my god, it's Crazy Charlie!" And like like I think what hit me the first to make me look up was the smell on Crazy Charlie, and he had these giant teeth. Right, like like he eats raw rabbits and stuff like that. that he kills, right? He came over to me. His teeth have and evolved he's like, to swallow sharks or something. Baseball cards, baseball cards. Like Crazy Charlie was crazy, and my brother and I, we were that, we were name. we were mean. We were mean, and we plotted, uh, uh, we plotted, we plotted against Crazy Charlie. And this is the only time I've ever told another uh, human being that, that we did this. It was it was not nice. When Crazy Charlie was in the dumpster. We plotted that my brother would oh. wet his seats with the spray <laughs> from the thing. <laughs> would, would, wait, it's a, it's a two. Okay. It, it's a two-level prank. First, you and wet then, his driver's seat, right? And then you make fun of his no, mother. No, 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 no. And then you unleash the spray like it's raining into, into the dumpster to cause alarm. So he jumps out of the dumpster, gets in his car, double alarm, and it worked off like. It, I mean, it was like clockwork. Oh. Right, he wet the seat down with the spray, and, and, then, and then he hid. Th- throw fruit at he it. He hid, and, and he sprayed water into the dumpster, and, cr- and it was, 
It was like the dumpster exploded. This guy was like, Aah! he jumped out of the dumpster. He was so alarmed, right? He didn't want to be wet. And he jumped out of the dumpster. He ran around. He jumped into his, like, Cadillac, right? And he sat down. And there was a double, like, <laughs> his seat was wet. And uh, and we thought we would get murdered by with a jagged knife at that point. But he drove away. Crazy Charlie I'm, never found out who it was. I'm pretty sure you're going to hell for that. Yeah, um, throw it on the throw it on the heap of reasons. <laughs> it's, just, it's a long list. You're, you're one of those guys who like found, founded that video company where you'd pay homeless people to like beat each other up. Oh, bum fights? bum fights! I, I have bum fights um, over on my list. Do you want to borrow bum fights? Uh, no, I, I think it's I'm, I think right I'm fine over there. Bum fights okay. in my life, but uh... I, I do. A buddy of mine gave me bum fights. I did not purchase it myself. You know the great thing about shitty comic book stores? What's that? What's that? There's, Always somebody ready to start another one when one goes down. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 that, that bad comic book stores are still comic book stores and therefore sacred. So I will, I will, even if you have, you know, the, the most horrible, Satan possessed, self absorbed, you know, guy who beats Alan up Moore on Crazy fan, Charlie, you know, guys who like beat up, who get their kicks beating up on children, asshole, running the store. I did that. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, there was one. There used to be one on the Santa Monica Promenade called uh, Cool City Comics. That's and, right. And, and or was, no, Cool City was uh, across town. There, there was one in, on the promenade. There was there. one on the promenade. And that's it, like it was the like hardest the, place to keep a comic book store. It was like on the promenade. Right. It was in like the back of like this yuppie art store. It was like the back section of a store, and it was run by the most horrible human being you can imagine. <laughs> like he would he would berate you just for entering his store. And, you know, you think, I gotta help you now? Yeah, you think those guys are just, you know, the fat guy on The Simpsons. No, those guys, you know, they're, they're real. It's based on a real guy. It's based I mean, on a real guy. Yeah, and, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. the guy on The Simpsons is, like, tame compared to this guy. You know, this guy would actually, he would, like, throw stuff at you. You had an interaction with you. this individual? Oh, yeah, all the time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted my comics. I would go in and, you know, get Marvel cards mm-hmm. in Series 1. You grew up out here and you had to deal with this guy as a yeah, kid? Yeah, you bet. Okay. I, 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 Heidi Ho was the, where I bought my first comic book okay. at age 12. Infinity Gauntlet, number one. And uh, th- and I would go to this other one when it opened up, and you know I would go in there consistently because he had other stuff. But yeah, th- th- what's the worst interaction you had with this guy? Uh, he threw something at me. He threw he threw something at he you. Th- like I went in and and I said you know I, I was going to buy something and I was just sort of looking around and I, I didn't want to buy anything that day. It was just wasn't good. I, and and he, I guess he felt like I let him on because the next time I went in there he ha- he found this little plastic case where you ca- you keep like a stack of of baseball cards, one of those little plastic coffins. And I, I said, hey, and he kind of sneered at me, and I started to look around, and he threw something at me. It hit me in the back. And it didn't hurt or anything. And he said, yeah, I remember you. You're that asshole who said he'd buy something. And you're going to do something this time? And I was like, what? what? Sorry, I, I didn't buy anything. You know, I'm, I'm like the 13, 14 the years best old. the motivational device is yeah, throwing like, something at some kid. Like bullying a kid into buying. I guess that's a way to get money. We, but, had this, uh, we had this guy named Sandy Futterman who loved Todd McFarlane and everything about Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane. And Image. Like, he loved Image. Like, yeah, and Image was mid-90s That was, that was like the prime image. of our, our right. co- comic collecting days and, was when Image was, was in the This kid was all about Image. And, and he got so upset with me that I did not save him uh, like a like an alternate version of the darkness number one he was he goes you didn't have you didn't get my darkness and i go no no you have an issue with the darkness he goes no 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 the foil like like what killed comics right Mm. sandy futterman and he was the nicest guy but he was so upset like i really feel like i failed covers and all the rest we had this this guy philip acosta who would come in and he would look at the rising prices of comics and he had this mole like on his face, right? Like right here. No, no, 
Well, I got one of those. I, I well, you, a, you have a nice, you, you have like a, like a normal mold. This guy had this fucking thing. It looked like, it looked like it was going to, it looked like the goddamn gate. It looked like the damn thing was going to split open and like tendrils, like it was going to leap onto your face. <laughs> like I used to think from, uh, from how to get ahead in advertising. Yeah, I used to call it, it was like a, it was like him. a spore creature. And so he'd, when he'd walk by, I'd go, <laughs> like it was going to open up and like seed me, right? And, Tendril and so, e- eating so, small animals So nearby. as these prices went up, right, he'd be like, too much, dang, too much, dang. How, how much is that? Oh, it's a it's a foil cover, so it's like it's like eight fifty or like something. Two ninety nine, three fifty. Oh no, it didn't take much. And you're like, yeah. too much. Hey man, how much is that Johnny Homicidal baby? <laughs> like, like he'd go for like the collector book. I, I, mm. it, what's crazy about him is like a normal book, two ninety nine, three fifty. Uh, when it would be like a huge like anniversary edition, it would be like, like two ninety nine or something. Three hundred or something. He'd he'd be like he'd complain. I got that one. This dude probably bought like my Poison Elves number like one through six <laughs> from me for like a hundred bucks. He spent so much money on like my po- remember Poison Elves? Yeah. Like the Very creator vague, died. Yeah. It was like, like an I indie like, book. Yeah. I, I saw it on the shelf. I never actually. And Johnny read the it, Homicidal though. Maniac. He bought oh, a yeah, shitload yeah. of that stuff from me. It's like damn, too much. You know where all he'd those complain are. about the dollar, but he would, but he'd go and spend forty. To each their own, you know. They, they, we, all, we all have the things we value. All those uh, shitty comic book store owners, now they just run a booth at Comic Con. Like yeah, all together. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, if you ever just wanted to feel like an asshole for what you're into, walk mm. around the dealer's end of the Comic Con floor. I won't go down there. Dude, they it's like, are angry. They'll say, they'll say, what are you looking for? No matter what your answer is, their reaction is always... Whitney, do you go to Comic Con? I went to one. I uh, a friend got me tickets for Christmas one year. Well, well, Merry Christmas, Whitney. You're one of our writers, so you can Indeed. just go to Comic Con <laughs> as a, as press. Uh, uh, that'd be fun. Would you I enjoy suppose. that this year? I think so. Okay, yeah. you room with Gilmore. Uh, <laughs> there's a caveat. Can, can, can no, I room a little? You're so here. Here. Yeah, we've been doing it for four, three, four years in a row. So you take them this time. I've been getting some emails from Gilmore, and they're they're a little little gushy. Um, no, you're great, right? We enjoy having you on the site, man. You guys really should you. go on the site and, and read. And and uh, and as we clean up the site, we're going to give you your own section so that it's easier to find your writing. Okay. Is that okay with you? That we promote you? E- easy to find my writing? Yes, yeah. I, I think okay. I approve of you promoting okay. me. Yeah. Um, He's got his own blog. No, 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 we're no, no. Give you your own section. Of the well, site. Uh, he. he, he he does have his own wow, blog where you can wall. where you can read further re- writings of the, of Whitney S. Siebold Esquire. Uh, it, it's Siebold. Uh, Siebold. I like. Can we say Siebold? No, I'm kidding. Say, say so what you like. You know. So if, if it's in print, it's fine. You have your own blog. I do. Uh, '90s image comics. Siebold. <laughs> so, sounds like it, doesn't it? Death Fist. And I only lasted. Death Flow. Death I, Flow. I lasted three issues, and then Supreme came in and ripped my guts out. Yeah. Um. So, Whitney, obscure uh, one there. Have you heard of this dark? Uh, Ron Howard and, and Brian Grazer are doing a, a Dark Tower uh, okay. series, and they're doing a TV series bookended by major motion pictures. Well, it must be like a mini series. It's got to be right? a huge epic. They want to get these actors. Uh, the rumor is that they that they've got the the guy from uh, No Country for Old Men, not Josh Brolin, but. Uh, but, Anton Sugar. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of the? the uh, what's the name, name of the Javier Bardem? Ha- Javier Bardem, or somebody like uh, somebody like that, or or a, or a Vigo Mortensen. Okay. And kind of, kind of these dark characters. And you can understand that person being in like these huge movies, but then well, uh, Vigo but then, Mortensen was already in that 
12 hour yeah. Limbs thing. <laughs> but then but then tying them up for a TV series in in between or like a series of mini series in between is like what they're talking about doing well, as well. That's they've been, the rumor. They've been talking That's about this rumor. sort of thing for years. I re- if you remember JJ Abrams was one of them. No, they wanted to like tie yeah. I, I even remember back when I was in high school they tried to tie in the Spider-Man comics with the Spider-Man Newspaper comic. Oh, if, you if anybody yeah. remembers that, they, yeah, they tried this. Yeah, the one Stanley wrote. Yeah, Stanley wrote it, and it, you know they, they had like a single exchange every day in the newspaper, and then you'd read the comic to tie it up. And you know, Southland Tales. They wanted to make a movie and a comic. Southland and tie Tales. It all and we, we read the comic, and then we had we, we interviewed uh, uh, the director on the show, and this and that. And Southland Tales was just one of those projects that like. Oof. Southland Tales is another one that kind of made my face explode. It's just you know. Weird, futuristic, but not too much in the future. And there's mm-hmm. time travel and porn stars, and you know who knows, God knows what else. Is he making movies just for and, himself? Well, I, I saw his film The Box, yeah. Which, uh, so did I. Which is also a, a little bit effed up, but uh, this is uh, what's his name, Kelly, Richard, Kelly. Richard Kelly, yeah. yeah. Um, not David Kelly, no, Richard Kelly, Rich, and, Richard uh, Kelly, yeah. Definitely not Matt Kelly. Not Matt Kelly. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Kelly is one of our writers on the site. In writers, right, maybe he's is moonlighting. Being you never nice. know. So, um, but yeah, it's it's. I like that they're they're actually we've we've reached a point in sort of pop culture geekery that that people can actually propose projects like this and they're actually seriously with considered. the ancillary media, you know, like a video game ties into the movie, ties so, into the comic, right? Uh, Has that ever the un- it, it's the problem is it hasn't ever really worked well. So you know that that they they're given leeway to do it, which is really nice, mm-hmm. and it, which means at some point it's going to, but it hasn't really worked yet. Because I know from the game. End of it. They tr- They wanted to do the same thing with like Advent Rising. That was supposed what, to a, be a, a, movie a trilogy, and, a video game. and then a movie, and then the first game couldn't even sell like a hundred thousand copies. Really? Well, I, I, I mean, what they should do is just make the game and then make the movie independent of the game, and that or just I think everything should be self-sufficient. Movie, yeah. You know, I think everything should be self-sufficient, well, or else I, I was you're about to losing say, the market. I was about to say if you're a little too, there's this whole trend now with the sort of everything has to be part of this super narrative. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a film be a film in itself. Like I, I watched the last Harry Potter movie, and that was just a catalog of what happened in a book, mm-hmm. which I haven't read. You know, it, it it was clearly made for people who had read the book, who were familiar with the the story, who that's knew what was going a review, on. Yeah, and yeah, that that, and you know, that's not just the Harry Potter though. It's everything. You know, we're we're trying to refer to something else. You know, it's become this sort of geek pretentiousness. I kind of feel that I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, no, but no. I kind of feel Nobody that way about the about the the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. That it, it was more about literary fealty than it was about trying to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel that way about the upcoming Avengers movie. You know, all of these movies leading up to it aren't going to be autonomous films that are going to be successful in themselves. They're all leading toward this big sort of vague narrative that you have to be really well But you had read the Lord on. of the Rings books before we watched the Lord of the Rings. I actually hadn't. I'd only read The Hobbit. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I don't know how And you did not enjoy the Lord of the Rings movies watching no, them for the first time? I, I enjoyed I them I thought those were sound fine. as films. I, I thought they were good as films, but they yeah. were clearly... You know, they were clearly trying to pad it out and include things in the film that really made the pacing weird, and there was all this extra special effects. Did you watch the director's cuts? I saw the director's cut of the the first third. No, I love those things so much. I love my I love my directors. I I love those directors. And I have to confess, I didn't see a lot of the second one because I was making out through most of it. Yes, uh, no, it's good. It's good. But I did, I did, so I saw the movies, but I feel that was the kind of story that could probably be told in a single three-hour movie mm-hmm. rather than, you know, three, four-hour movies. No, no, you got to pad know, it for us nerds. 
And, 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 so, and I mean, so those movies were commercial all... successes. So you can't... And they were successes. So I think it was won... successful in so, the four-hour version. And that sort of set a precedent, which is allowing people to make, you know, Captain America Golden Thor, Compass. Golden Compass. Right. Which was a great, great book, by the way. I read that mm-hmm. one, and I thought the movie was really great. Iron um, Man 2 did feel like it's like like the the whole setup for the Avengers did really hurt Iron Man 2 in my yeah. in my in it was my like opinion. like a whole extra story that 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 was really all, like an extra 30 minutes of screen time that was just completely unnecessary. That was tough. It, it felt it felt mixed. And, and I've, I've, I still I'm really afraid it. that they're going to do that with, you know, they're making a Captain America film mm-hmm. and a Thor film and it, I feel that they're only making these films to set up for the Avengers film, which is being done by like Joss Whedon or something. Yeah. And I in, in no, my you mind, know this song. Don't pretend you don't know that. Well, I, I'm. Come on, geeks. And uh, I don't know. I feel like th- there's no way this <laughs> film can be good or successful. It's going to be like The Watchmen. You know, everybody's going to really, really want it, and they're all going to see it on opening weekend. Discover that it's not that great. And it's not going to be commercially successful. And, yeah, it's it's like yeah. going to have a huge opening weekend. Maybe even get a sequel. Right. But it's not going to be really remembered in the annals of cinema. I um did you hear this rumor about Jeremy Renner's being Hawkeye being kind of the extra post credit scene on the Thor movie? How they're going to kind of introduce Jeremy Renner's character and in the in the sort of after, in the sort of after thing, in the same the way they, they introduced Nick Fury at the end of the first Iron Man or, or Thor's hammer. Was Thor's at hammer the at the end of Iron Man, Iron Man two. two yeah. I, See, I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, and if, what happened to these short films? The yeah, that, that's sort, that's sort of think, like a, a cute yeah. extra short. You and know, they're, they're Disney, giving this big like super story arc as an afterthought, which is is fine. If they're trying to weave mm-hmm. it into the other movies, then the other movies aren't going to feel like movies. Right. It's going to feel like there's a bigger. It's like, like like it didn't really begin. It didn't really end. We're just seeing a bunch of events and we're a bunch of pieces bored. of fabric instead of the, right. the entire. I'd quilt. rather have a film that ends in some sort of meaningful fashion. If I could hypothesize, oh, hypothesize. Me. Walton's hypothesizing. I believe it started with Clerks. You I start think with clerks. the self-referential circle jerking started when you made a movie that was nothing but pop culture references about mm. Star Wars. And suddenly oh. that showed Hollywood, hey, we can make movies that aren't actually stories of anything, but just references. And then... Mm. Well, if I, you I start think uh, I think it was things, I, I think that's that's very valid. Like this generation, I think it, it was the Clerks ripoffs. I think they have to point to Clerks because Clerks was actually trying to capture how a certain breed of geek actually talked, right? And trying mm-hmm. to actually have this sort of realistic conversation, which is goes back a little further to Richard Linklater. If you see yeah. something like Slacker, you know, he's trying to capture these sort of there's which this great, goes even further back to someone like Robert Altman, who was like our Robert who was our Altman, first who, yeah, conversation we before the. Earlier. But the yeah, the, the sort of very naturalist version yeah. of, of like the way younger people speak. You know, if you watch Slacker, there's this great conversation people have about the Smurfs and how they reproduce, and they, and it, it's completely meaningless and it's completely frivolous. But is it does compi- ca- capture a very Slacker sort of, is the one he shot before Days and Confused. Well, it's an Austin. Now I'm thinking back to Donnie Darko and wondering if that scene where they talk about the Smurfs reproducing was is, a callback. Uh, uh, which most, is most self-referential, was, yeah. which there's our whole conversation. Although it, that that conversation about the Smurfs having sex has, has become no, sort of... Smurfs, it, it, you, it, you it get was a wet. meme before the word meme was popular. You pour water on them and they replicate. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you cut them in half and two grew back. Yeah, you can do that. I think those are snorks. Um, or munchies. Munchies. Munchies, hey, uh, what forget munchies? it. Yes, you have munchies. Uh, I believe Matt Kelly sent me munchies. Thank you, Matt Kelly. If you don't know munchies, Gremlins rip off. Like uh, spookies kind, and kind ghoulies. Entertaining, maybe. Um, guys, um, 
I don't mind them. What, what, what I'm wondering, it, the thing is, once every all these Marvel films kind of consolidate to Disney, remember the rumor that Disney was going to hire uh, filmmakers, up-and-coming filmmakers, mm. indie filmmakers, uh, to do shorts based on their characters and expand their universe in Pixar-like pre- Feature shorts mm-hmm. Where maybe you'll get A little bit of Doctor Strange Maybe you'll get A little bit of The Black Panther That maybe, sounds I great I think that was cool uh, I, that, that does sound great uh, Provided I, th- I think those should be Like theatrical shorts I think if they're Going to yeah. make shorts They need to bring them Back into the theater Yeah yeah They would be like Pixar movies Where you get okay, a short Before a sh- the feature That's cute That was the idea That I saw in that Press release That they were going to Be finding people it's to Danny Rand in a short. Yeah like Danny <laughs> Rand Or Power Man Or something like that I, I got to <laughs> tell you though folks at, folks at Marvel um, uh, Speedball can you guys hold on to that one for me? I just want a little speedball, and I'm not I, talking I just, about I'm not talking about Matt, uh, the guy who like tortured himself after the end of Civil War. What was it? Uh, he, he became penance. He became penance. In, in Civil War. I want I want speedball. Um, I, I just want it. Warlock and the Infinity Watch. That was the one that turned you me like the, the Jim Starlin like space oh, epics in Marvel Universe. You like the Jim I, Starlin I, stuff. I, I like it because that that's where I started. Yeah, the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Right the there. Infinity Gauntlet number one was the first. I was twelve years old. It was the first comic I ever bought. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my intro to comics was actually a friend of mine, a guy named Wes. Hi, Wes. Hey, Wes. Uh, who collected the Marvel collector's cards mm-hmm. and before I had even read a superhero comic I had memorized like the mythology of Marvel because we would pour over these cards and compare stats and make imaginary you know dream teams you know in mind you know Cannonball and sure. Mor- Morbius and I was like Can- I was like Cannonball like like he, he you know the, the, like the he doesn't Guthrie. fly just sort of explodes Sam Guthrie air. wasn't that his name uh, Cannonball Sam and he came Guthrie. from like West Virginia so he's Kentucky. Kentucky. Coal mine in Kentucky. Coal mine This is what I theorized. Did, were you part of this conversation? Are you, are you from Kentucky? I'm from Southern Ohio. On uh, the Ohio River. Okay, I so Kentucky every morning. So Kentucky, right? And I was talking to, uh, I was at at ZombieCon with Stephen Lindsay. Hey, Stephen, one of our uh, listeners who's a comic book creator. He creates the very funny Jesus hates zombies, and uh, and um, who else? Ben Templesmith. He did like the cover art for Jesus hates zombies, and also did Jesus like hates zombies. Yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of in- Thirty Days a Night. He co-created oh, okay. Thirty Days a Night. So Ben Templesmith. Be really and fun. Like after Stephen Lindsay gets resurrected because he is himself. A we're zombie. talking about the Guthrie clan, and this Excuse is this me, is, I'm sorry. Oh no, no. This is a story that I would want to pitch Marvel. Marvel, if you're listening, this is a story I can write for you. It doesn't have to be a miniseries. So remember a couple of years ago in the, in the Marvel universe when they took a mutant hormones and it was like a street drug that makes you like that gives you superpowers, gives you superpowers for, for like a yeah. little while, NGH, but it had man. NGH, NGH, MGH, <laughs> mutant growth hormone. Did you know about this? No, this, this, this is, is in the story. So I was joking that coal mine towns of Kentucky, where the Guthries are from, they smoked it like crack. Because you know a lot of go, go, like coal mine towns are inflicted with uh, like heroin yeah. meth problems, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They can't afford heroin. They, they, so, so, so I was thinking <laughs> Which like they still like call ice. Like the Guthries are, all, are this mutant family that have all their sons have like mutant powers. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't what one, if, one of the members of Generation X, was yeah, it Guthrie, yeah, wasn't it, well, it was yeah, Cannonball. Paige, Paige Guthrie was in Generation X. She then went on to be an X Man and dated Angel. And so, so you got these Guthries, go. all these Guthrie kids, and I'm thinking they were all crack babies from their parents <laughs> smoking MGH while they were pregnant with them. So it's like fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, but fetal with alcohol syndrome, powers. but with ma- ma- like mutant powers, and it's the Guthrie clan, and it's kind of like uh, next to Kin that movie with uh, with, with Patrick Swayze <laughs> with Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson and, yeah. and Helen Hunt. Like, like Marvel, what do you think? That, that'd be cool, like a Guthrie clan movie where the Guthrie clan, who are like this back group, Warrior Woods of Kentucky. Like they get their powers from, like their parents smoking MGH crack, while they're pregnant with them, and then they come out with powers. 
I, I, I can't. You explain a lot. I, I've, you know, the, the superhero family has has kind of been done, but uh, not like this. The, the superhero like family this. that gets their powers from crack smoking baby crack. origins, smoking mutant crack. <laughs> what do you think of that? Um, X babies versus the crack. Babies. Sure, what the yeah, hell? X, X crack babies. Superheroes are hot right now. Sure, what the hell? I think we should, let me write. Let me write this down. X crack. Whitney Siebel signs off on it. Marvel take that. I think so. I, I think, think so. You think I got something like that? Uh, kick, kick ass. I, I, think I really, ass really hated kick ass. Yeah, I, I hated kick ass too. But 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 I listen, think, listen, Walton. And they're making a sequel our, as well. Okay, really Walton, make your argument that kick ass ruined superhero movies and killed it. I don't think it necessarily was the final nail in the coffin, but mm-hmm. I think it's the movie where people came out going, I don't know if I can take much more of this, and yeah. then they got hit with Iron Man, which no. a little bit disappointing, mm-hmm. a little bit of superhero overload, and no. I think if if well, Mark that, that, Spider-Man doesn't let me, and let me Thor tell you. don't come out with a little bit of more simple story we can just accept uh, and enjoy. I'm putting you through the uh, jo- Jonathan here the jo- Jonathan argument machine, and I will counter. I, I think that's that's just superhero oversaturation in general. Mm-hmm. Kick-Ass, yeah, that's kick- what I'm saying, and, and I think Kick-Ass like, and Kick-Ass was, I think was a comic book, but even before it was published, they started work on the movie. It's like you know one of those John Grisham books where they start the screenplay at the same time they're writing the book. Like the Bellingham Brief. I don't case, know. case in point, Rainmaker. Rainmaker turned out to be a better movie than a book. Uh, this is what I argue: is that um, it's its own genre, right? Like well, the western, like the thing of this, right? It's not a fad. This, this um, kick-ass. Nobody saw it, so nobody got that distaste in their mouth for the genre. Hollywood may have because of the financial failure of the movie. Did but, it fail? But, but I thought it was a it success. It failed. It okay. failed, but 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 it but it wasn't financed by Hollywood. It was financed privately by the by the filmmakers themselves and Lionsgate picked it up for distribution. Okay. So, it made its money financially based on that acquisition, right? They oh, they right. Uh, they invested in that movie by themselves. Well, they and, made that and, movie themselves. Had Hollywood invested in a flop of that size, yeah, I could see how they would have been like, "Oh, this doesn't work." And then you got DVD. It was a success on DVD. So commercially, and, and I, I everyone think the, the made their money back. Of, of Hit Girl was so notorious. Like Hit Girl was yeah, mentioned by was a like critics who hadn't even seen Kick Ass. Kick Ass made Kick Ass was a success on on enough levels that we're gonna get the Kick Ass two. The comic's already out. We're gonna do Kick, it. Kick Ass um, two balls to the wall is the balls to the walls. <laughs> um, and and you know what? Iron Man two made a crap load of money. Thor's gonna make a crap load of money. Not oh, made, I can't not, wait for Thor. Thor. Thor is gonna make, it's going to be so weird. Masters of the Universe? Oh, it's, uh, uh, Krull. Yeah. Krull is the it's one. Gonna be, you think it's going to be Krull? Yeah, it's because you know, we're going to have... This movie is going to make money. It's going to be like, great. Like, an, I didn't an, say it's not going to make money. Ancient, I don't think it'll kill it. As long as there's money to be made, I don't think anything's going to kill it. You think the audiences will stop coming to these movies, Walton? I think people... You know what? Well, that's another reason I think I don't think people are going to stop coming. I think people are just going to start bitching louder. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Well, that's, that's another reason I think Avengers is just going to kind of kind of collapse. I think it's the the whole thing is kind of shaking under its own weight. I'm at this excited point. for all of it. Well, it's like for every Red, we get like two shitty movies. I, red was good. Did you like Red? Oh, Red was okay. Yeah, it was okay. How it mirrored just those actors, I think, made Red. Did you see this uh, rumor on our site that Nightmare Before Christmas might get a sequel? Like Paul Rubens in an interview said that he'd love to work with Tim Burton again, but he's busy with. Uh, the, um, the the Pee-wee movie. Well, the Pee-wee well, show well Tim Burton. Well, 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 Tim Burton is busy with uh, the oh, Dark wait, Shadows. Wait, wait, we have somebody slashing. Their the, uh, yeah, now. the Dark Shadows, and now he's in. in Tim in uh, Paul Rubens was like, oh, and he's also going to do the Nightmare Before Christmas sequel, 
and Henry Selick said he did he'd never wanted to do a, a sequel to that. But do we need a Nightmare Before Christmas sequel? Oh, we, we don't. That's that's another like, issue of like the studio making a sequel because right. for fans rather than a sequel uh, game didn't work. Oh, there was a game. <laughs> yeah, I remember the game. What do they? The Nightmare Before Easter. The Nightmare well, Before the Fourth of July. The, the the whole point is that you know the, the lead character of the Nightmare Before Christmas, this, this evil yeah. skeleton, needed love in yeah. his life. He needed something kind of affectionate. He could still be this dark monster, but he could still be in love. And he found this creepy, creepy the stitch Nightmare together. Before Valentine's Day. Yeah, I would think the Valentine's Day might be the appropriate dealio. But, I mean, but it, you know, the, the Nightmare Before Christmas. It was Halloween it, it's, versus it's Christmas. It's, it's yeah. done it. It's it. I don't know. No. Perhaps. No. Wait. <laughs> The day before Memorial Day. The, yeah, here. Well, here we go. This you other... know, and, and you know what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to make it. And the whole default thing ever since, like I think two thousand. You know, they they sort of been, Hollywood's been rebooting a lot of their properties. They did a really dark Robin Hood. They did a really dark Batman. They did a really really dark James Bond. Uh, Tim Burton himself did that really horrible, really dark. Alice in Wonderland, and you know that's sort of their default position now. If if it has to be good and serious and new, they have to make it darker than it was before. It doesn't make it good; mm-hmm. it just makes it darker. Did and you, they're uh, going to try to do that. If they're going to make another Nightmare Before Christmas, they're going to try to like get into the goth market. They're going to try to darken it up. They're going to try to make it gritty, and it's going to be a bad movie. And people will start eternally be having conversations about whether it's good or not. But I it have clearly faith. isn't. I, I have faith. If Henry Selleck no, is involved, I would have faith because he's three for three. I mean, his James and Giant Peach was great yeah. Coraline was great if Henry Selleck is involved Mon- Monkey Bone was iffy <laughs> well if, if Henry Selleck is <clears throat> involved I could muster up some excitement for it oh he did Monkey Bone he did Monkey he's Bone he's 3 for 4 but if, if no, uh, look, look great Monkey Bone yeah. I liked all the animated stuff he's 3 stuff. for 4 unless you have you know he's 3 for 3 if, if uh, Chris Kattan is not involved and uh, I would say that's those are pretty good odds if he's not involved I would say that that's a, a, a bad deal did he also do Princess Cor- uh, the Corpse Bride no, Tim Burton yeah, directed Tim Burton that. Directed. Um, we have news on the site about this new Spielberg produced TNT show uh, called Falling Skies. This thing looks expensive. It is a, uh, it is like a, it is like a resistance fall of man type uh, series with Noel Wiley leading a resistance against aliens who have already taken out the United States or uh, like like society. Okay. Have you seen this ad? No. It, looks it came like, out of nowhere. It looks. I like never heard of this show. Battlefield Earth done well. It, okay. It's like it's like the aliens have come and I, just. I mean, Battlefield Earth, good idea at its core. You know, yeah. the, the beginning of this trailer, K- it's like flying Harrier jets and aliens. <laughs> that, that's a Calvin and Hobbes strip the, right there. The beginning of this seri- of this trailer, it's up on the site, is that aliens came. We gave them benefit of the doubt. With hey, maybe they're peaceful. They immediately annihilated the majority of us. Okay. And now uh, we have to fight back with like terrorists. Terrorist okay, the, methods, the you know what I mean? Like we have to okay. fight back. We have to be a resistance. Isn't that the premise to the Sonic the Hedgehog series? Yeah, and now, now, uh, now Noah Wiley is like the the leader of this resistance. You know, the local resistance. And uh, you know what? I kind of wanted to see this show. Like I saw oh, this trailer, yeah. and I was like, oh, you know definitely. what? This is not the Librarian or whatever. What was it that Noah Wiley was in? The Librarian. The, the was, Librarian. Is that good? It, I wasn't interested in it. It's fun. It's a okay. very family friendly. Uh, Indiana Jones. Okay, then maybe Librarian is. It's a very light, Thanks. whimsical thing. It's He's a li- librarian. You know what I'm talking about, right? That Librarian series that he did for like sci-fi yeah. or something. No, like that? it was just two movies uh, for TNT, and the story of the Librarian is Noah Wiley is this guy who never wants to leave college. 
he likes learning so much uh -huh. that okay. every few years he just finds a new major, completes all the coursework for the major. And then, like, what is his final or something? And then chooses not to complete the coursework and uh -huh. switch to something else. And finally, a professor goes, nope, you're done. Right. Have a good life. You're out. And the only job that he found interesting was at this library. Well, it turns out mm -hmm. the library is actually an archive of all of these historically famous artifacts like the stuff Indiana Jones would, oh, would find. That sounds amazing. I will actually watch the librarian now. And the first one is called The Spear of Destiny and he's actually trying to track down the Spear of Longinus before nice. these other people can. And uh, there's so many artifacts. It's basically where, where Warehouse 13 got its idea. Okay. Uh, where I hate to call uh, such an original fun show a ripoff but the librarian came first. Well, I mean, that, that sort of thing goes way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm but, down with this Noah Wiley now, because I I, I I liked him in um, Enough when he played like the best yeah. friend who tried to like run Jennifer Lopez off the road. He played like a bad guy. Remember that but, Noah Wiley? Yeah, he's. I, uh, I never thought I'd hear yeah. the words liked and enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that. I liked. Well, I liked. Him. I didn't like enough, but I liked him in enough. And uh, I liked the the fact that it was like Noah Wiley, super nice guy, the Rocketeer, super nice guy, trying to kill Jennifer Lopez. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's crazy to me. I was like, I was like, really. Was, did they get the bad guy right in that movie? Because, like, you kind of start rooting for the... I was like, the Rocketeer and the nice guy from ER trying to kill Jennifer Lopez? I think they got that movie wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that sounds like uh, a badass movie. I want those two to, like... Yeah. There, there should be, like, a twist that Jennifer Lopez is really, like, a spy. Or yeah, yeah. It was like... It, it was Romantic like, comedy of the year. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's like they team up. I would watch Gotta that kill movie. kill my girlfriend. Wouldn't you watch that movie? The guy from me... The nice guy from me... The nice guy from ER... <laughs> What if Jennifer Lopez ends up being one of the aliens in Falling Skies, there produced by go. Steven Spielberg, and it's, she's part of the like the, the resistance? Is a, what if it's a sequel to Enough? They they hire they get the Rocketeer to get his rocket suit, <laughs> and and they fight aliens using the Rocketeer rocket. That may be the best show I've ever seen. I, I, I'll watch, watch the I'll shit. Watch that show. You know what, guys? Falling Skies. We're gonna watch the hell out of it. The Fun. librarian and the Rocketeer to team up. Fallen Skies. Fun. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm even more interested. Steven Spielberg's Fallen a genius. Really good. If you haven't yeah. seen the trailer, it's going to be up on the. Uh, it's already on the site, and it's going to be up on the. Steven Spielberg is a genius. How does he do that? I got to see this. Uh, how are we doing on time? <laughs> we got about three minutes. But oh jeez, <laughs> we wasted all our time here. At this point, he's approached alien invasions from every which yeah. way you possibly yeah. can. Let's throw the rocketeer in the library. Next, he's going to have an, like an alien invasion of like. Where we only ever see the aliens. Yeah. That, I'd love to see an alien invasion flick, like where the camera is with the alien society. You know, and it's that, all nice. It's like it's like a farming video, but they're farming humans. Pretty it's much. Like, it's like, like it's like an industrial. <laughs> and it's like, like here a, in the in like a film about aliens where they destroy humans, but where we're asked to relate to the aliens. Oh, you're talking about V. Oh, you got to write that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. V V is kind of doing that. The new V, which uh, comes I'd, back next week. Yeah, yeah, it comes uh, back next week with like the original the, actress the, uh, who Mark, played Mark the Singer. Movie. It's all about Mark Singer. For me. Yeah, Mark Singer is the man. I, I, one of the sad disappointments early in Geekscape was going to Wizard World LA, and the other disappointment was being <laughs> oh. was being there and asking Mark Singer if he would do like a little video interview with us, and he, he was like, "Nah, sorry, I don't do that kind of thing." And I was like, "Oh, oh the Beastmaster." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "But I have Koto and Poto here." I, like I can just I can start reciting Beastmaster to him, but I thought that would just creep him out. You know what I mean? In our last good, good, good joke. Uh, not mine. Friend thought of this up, but he, he really fell in love with Beastmaster on HBO yeah. back when HBO stood for Hey Beastmasters. Yeah, Beastmaster was a shit, man. <laughs> hey, uh, 
Also, in the wrap-up, you can read uh, Whitney Seibold's articles on Geekscape. Uh, this week, we got to put up those Star Wars prequel, okay. the Star Wars sequel. We got to put those up. Oh, okay. If you want to see what Whitney Seibold would Google. call would the look this, them up on Google. This is Star Wars. If you want to see this is Star Wars versions. seven, eight, and nine episode seven, eight, nine. You know what? We're not going to wait for Lucas to give him his give us his versions. We got Whitney's versions. Those are going to be up on the site. I would I want to read these, and uh, you can also find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Look for Geekscape and uh, go to the site and buy a shirt so you can look stylish when you go to Emerald City Comic Con and meet the Thumb Shark, Brian Walton. If you buy a Hattie shirt Hoker and all that, Brian will make out with you. Yeah, that is true. Geekscape's promise. That is true. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I plugged a lot. Or someone of your yeah. choosing. Oh, okay. Whitney Seibold, we look forward to reading the rest of your words on the Geekscape website. No, we got. If we're going to talk Beastmaster, we got to do it like this. Uh, you remember that? <laughs> that's that's, a, that's an all of like the yeah. Roman films. Yeah, it shake is. wrists. Uh, so, guys, we'll see you guys next week on Geekscape. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Whitney. Pleasure. Cybold. Cybold. <laughs>